Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited that you're here, but more importantly, I am really passionate about this series that I started last week on the armor of God because I I just feel like like I said last week we are in a spiritual battle and we need to know the truth. We need to understand the armor of God. And I think that as we go through each piece of the armor that has been provided for us, I feel like we're going to be emboldened in our faith and we're going to be able to do what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians to stand firm, stand and stand our ground. But as we go through these episodes, I think that it's it's really going going to awaken us in our faith to just really kind of the importance of understanding each piece of the armor of God, because without just really understanding the importance of each piece, we're we're just walking around saying, put on the armor of God, but we don't really understand like the depth of what God has provided for us. And I just have to say that, you know, even putting out this series on the armor of God, I have had so much resistance, a lot of opposition to creating this content and putting it out here in the online space for this listening community. And I really believe that it's because the devil does not want this put out there. This is the third time that I have tried to record just this week's episode alone. That's not even taking into account last week's episode. So this is really unusual for me. I've been podcasting. I'm coming up on three years in March of of podcasting and connecting with women in the online space here on the podcast, but I have never had this much resistance and opposition to creating a, a series to put out in the online space. And so obviously there is something in this content that the devil does not want the listening community to hear, to better understand and to be emboldened in their faith for. And that tells me that this is a topic, that this is a series that is needed. Just the level of opposition, the resistance, the pushback in creating this series Yeah, that tells me that even more, I need to lean into this. So here we go. This week, we're going to be talking about the belt of truth. And as I mentioned last week, the Apostle Paul uses when he wrote about the armor of God in the book of Ephesians, he uses the Roman soldier as a metaphor. Each piece of the armor of God is vital. And without it, just as the Roman soldier was vulnerable, so are you and I. Okay, so let's get that. Let's get that cleared and and really understood right away, right out of the gate. Each piece of the armor of God is vital. Every single piece of it. And that's why we need to really better understand what God has has provided for us and why he uses these different pieces of the armor to teach us truth, to embolden us in our faith because 
just as the Roman soldier was vulnerable, so are you and I, if we don't really understand each piece of the armor of God. We are in a spiritual battle. Any area of our lives not surrendered to Jesus is an area vulnerable to demonic attack. But God has not left us powerless. He's provided us the armor of God, but it's up to us to put it on. Even more, it's important that we understand each piece because it's more than just going to our closet and putting on a sweater to get ready and prepared for, for the day. Going to battle in the in the spiritual realm. So we need to get in the spirit here. Okay, so get in the spirit with me. It's putting on the armor of God is so much more important and there's so much more depth and meaning to putting on the armor of God than just saying, well, put on the armor of God before you walk out the door in the morning, make sure that you have the armor of God on. And I'm not trying to take away from anybody that has encouraged people to do that or maybe even prayed that way or uh, taught that way because I don't I don't think that their hearts are in the wrong place. I think that they're well-intentioned and their hearts are in the right place. But we we need to understand, like I've said already, just in the first five minutes of this episode, we need to understand the importance of each piece because each piece is going to help us be really firmly rooted and established in our faith and to be able to stand and stand our ground. So like I said, this week, we're going to be taking a look at the belt of truth. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14, the Apostle Paul writes this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. All right, so let me repeat verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Another translation uses the word gird. In reading uh, verse 14, it says gird your waist with truth. And it's interesting that the word gird, and for those of you that's maybe you're new to hearing that word, you've never heard that word before, the word gird in in this context is spelled G-I-R-D. And the word gird means to encircle or bind, to make something fastened or secure, such as a belt. Other words for gird are equip, provide, or surround. So in this particular translation, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 14, Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having girded your waist with truth. So again, going back to the metaphor of the Roman soldier, without the belt for them as they engaged in battle, okay, so like a physical battle in the natural realm, without the belt, there wouldn't be any place for the soldier to put his sword. And I think that that's so interesting because 
the sword we know in like in the spirit realm is another piece of the armor of God, the the sword of the spirit. And we're going to cover that in upcoming episode as we unpack each piece in upcoming episodes. But without the belt, there wouldn't be any place for the Roman soldier to place his sword. And so a few pieces of information to note about the armor in the life of a Roman soldier is number one. The belt that he wore was often worn even when not in battle because it served as an identification piece. And I think that that is so interesting and it's so powerful because for you and I, the truth is the central part of our identity, right? The truth is the central part of our identity. And we are living in a world with an identity crisis. And wherever there is confusion, you will always find the enemy. We are living in a world where there are just so many people confused about their identity, who they are, gender identity. I mean, where we live right now, there are some schools that are that are providing litter boxes because some people think that they're they're not an actual human, that they're a feline, that they're a cat and you know, I just think that wherever there is confusion, you will find the enemy. You will find the enemy behind that because the Bible says truth. Okay, so we understand that the Bible is truth. Well, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. And so if there's confusion, and if God says that I am not the author of confusion, I'm the author of clarity and a sound mind, well, then who is creating that confusion? It's not God, right? So the truth is the central part of our identity. Number two, the belt for the Roman soldier girded the other pieces of his armor. In other words, it was what held the, all the other pieces together. And without it, they were unprepared for battle. A soldier would never think of going into battle without his belt. I mean, it would be so unwise and he would be foolish. His uh, other Roman soldiers in that army would be looking at him like, have you lost your mind? You are unprepared to engage in this battle because you don't have the belt on. There would be, again, nowhere to carry his sword. So for you and I, without the belt of truth, we are unprepared people for this battle that we are that we are engaged in this spiritual battle again we're in the spirit here okay so we're talking about in the spirit realm we are unprepared people because we can't stand and stand our ground if we are unprepared people we need to be people who are rooted and established in truth and not just a truth but absolute truth there are people who work in the fraud department of our world who, you know, get really good or, you know, actually become experts at what authentic money looks like so that when they see a fake one, they know it right away. They can expose it right away. And I think the thing that is so interesting about that is they don't spend a lot of time and a lot of energy studying fake money. They they get really good. They get really grounded. They get really established. They get really educated and prepared to know what what an authentic dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill looks like so that they can spot 
a fake one. And that's, that's what I think is, is really important for us when we begin to just kind of unfold this belt of truth. We need to understand what absolute truth is because we are living in a world where truth has become a relative term. And I've been saying this for Oh goodness, at least a year now, at least a year. I mean, it's really becoming redundant. I feel like I have said it in podcast interviews. Um, I've said it from the pulpit. I've said it here multiple times on the podcast where we are living in a, in a world where there is no absolute truth. Uh, according to people, a, a lot of people, uh, there's, you know, your truth and my truth, and I'm going to speak my truth and you speak your truth. And, and so it's okay if we don't necessarily agree on what truth is. Hopefully we can meet in the middle and agree to disagree and just kind of move on from there. That is a lie and that is deception right there. And, you know, I'm going to get into the, the, just the day that we're living in right now and the days of deception according to the Bible. But that is deception because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So if we're going to know what truth is, we need to know Jesus. We need to know the person of Jesus. We need to know what he says, what he declared to be as truth, because he is absolute truth. So truth isn't out there somewhere. Truth isn't in any one particular leader here on this side of heaven. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus and he is absolute truth. I think that if we're not really standing in and understand what truth is, wow, that is that is like shifting sand. We are not going to be able to stand, stand our ground according to what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians. So what is truth? What is truth? Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 17, he says this, and he's, he's chapter 17 in the gospel of John is actually a prayer that he is praying for the church, you and I, he's praying to God, the father on our behalf. But in verse 17, he says this, he says, sanctify them in your truth for your word is truth. Sanctify them in your truth. For your word is truth. And then in that same book of the Bible, John, in chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus says this, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so if we unpack chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, it's almost as if we see a step one and a step two. Jesus says, abide in my word, abide in my word, and then you will know the truth and that truth will set you free. Well, Jesus in the like John chapter one, it tells us that the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's referring to Jesus. He is, he is the, the, the truth. He is, he is the word made flesh. And so we need to abide in him. According to John chapter 15, Jesus said, abide in me. And so abide in him, abide in, in the word, abide in the Bible, open up our Bibles and really begin to feed our faith with the truth of the Bible. And once you know that truth, the truth will make you free. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 22 says this, rejoice always. 
pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. And verse 21, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Test all things, hold fast what is good abstain from every form of evil. And again, like I just said, we are living in a world where truth has become a relative term and there's no longer an absolute truth. But that is not to be said of you and I as followers of Jesus Christ. That is not to be said of us. It's not, it's not, you know, your truth and my truth. We are called to be people who are living in absolute truth. We are called to be living in absolute truth, not popular opinion. Let me repeat that again. And I know that that, oh man, I know that that might be stepping on some toes. And I know that in this episode and quite possibly in this entire series, I might be stepping on some toes and I, I'm not here to offend anybody. I am here to take a stand for truth. I'm here to be a voice of truth because we are called to be people of truth, not people of popular opinion. The belt of truth is to gird us as belt girds or surrounds us naturally. So when we think about, you know, in the natural, like a belt, you know, for example, maybe you wear a belt around your, around your jeans and that's part of your routine in getting dressed for the day. Well, we all know that a belt, okay, so there's like little notches, you know, in the belt. And then there's like that little piece of like metal that goes into the notch that helps secure the belt. Okay, well, without that little metal piece to go into the notch on the belt, your belt is useless and it's ineffective and it's not going to help you to keep your pants on, right? I mean, it's not going to secure your pants. It's it's ineffective and it's useless. And if that, that little piece of the belt falls off, what do we do? We throw it away. We don't keep it in our closet because it's useless to us. Well, you know, when we apply that to to our lives and to into this week's episode in the belt of truth, you know, we can't be people who are opening up our Bibles and, and when we read, when we read a passage of scripture and it makes us a little uncomfortable or a passage of scripture that maybe we don't necessarily agree with because, well, we're living in 2023 now and, you know, that was maybe applicable or relevant to us, you know, years ago, maybe when I was growing up or maybe for my grandma's generation, but it's not for us now because we're living in, in a new world and a new age and those things you know, they, they're just not applicable to us anymore. That is deception. And essentially what we're doing is we're kind of like pulling out, ripping out pieces of the Bible because it makes us uncomfortable or we don't necessarily agree with it. Or I don't know that it's true for the modern day age. And that is deception. And that is happening in this world that we're living in, but that should not be said for people like you and I. Our belt of truth serves as an anchor and an anchor is only as secure as that to which it is attached. Let me repeat that. Our belt, the belt of truth serves as an anchor and an anchor is only as secure as that to which it is attached. We need to be people who are firmly anchored 
in absolute truth, anchoring ourselves. And when we hear different teachings or we hear lies or we hear things that make us scratch our heads a little bit, my goodness, I hope that the gift of discernment is fully awake and activated in your life as a person of faith. And that when you hear something and that little check in your spirit, pay attention to that and do what First Thessalonians says, test all things. Test all things. Open up your Bible and test what you're hearing. Test what you're reading according to scripture. Stand it up against scripture. Did God really say that? Can you find biblical support to what you're hearing, to what you're listening to, to what you're reading? And if not, then you know where that comes from because the Bible is absolute truth. Again, an anchor is only as secure as that to which it is attached to. One of my favorite things to do in the summer is go kayaking. I love kayaking. And so typically what I do is I will bring my Bible with me. I just love opening up my Bible and reading out in uh, on the lake, on the water. There's just something about the water that is just so peaceful and just stills me on the inside. And again, peaceful. There's no distractions out there. But typically what I do is I paddle my way to kind of like a central area of, of the lake. And I will put my paddle in in the kayak and I'll pull out my Bible and I'll start reading. And, uh, you know, eventually, because I'm not paying attention, I uh, begin to drift. And if I don't pay attention, I will, I will find myself soon in kind of like, you know, heading toward the shoreline or heading toward a patch of weeds. And then I kind of need to paddle my way out of that because I'm going in a direction that I don't want to be going in. Okay. So when we apply that to our lives as people of faith, when we begin to drift away from the truth, it's usually a slow drift. It usually doesn't happen overnight. It's, it usually doesn't happen even over like, uh, you know, just a few days or even a week. It's usually a slow drift where we are, we're kind of entertaining. Um, we're listening to, we're, we're maybe kind of being so open minded where we're, we're, we're kind of giving a little bit of attention to like relative type truth. And what happens is we slowly begin to drift from absolute truth. Why? Because we're not firmly anchored in absolute truth. Again, we are living in the last days and in the last days, the Bible clearly says that there will be a lot of deception and we are living in that right now. The level of deception in the world right now for Christian believers is like really amped up. And man, Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, verse 24, Jesus talks about in the last days that that is like one of the biggest signs that we are living in the end times where the rapture, the coming, the coming of Jesus Christ is like really kind of upon us. It's imminent. And I don't know about you, but all of these signs, all of the prophetic signs that we, that we see in the Bible, it is as if I can hear the footsteps across heaven's floor. Jesus Christ is coming and he's coming for an unblemished church, an unblemished bride of Christ who is pure and holy and has stood for absolute truth. But in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, and in first John chapter four, verses one through three, it says that deception is one of the biggest signs that we will know we are living in the end of days. 
and all of these deceptive type teachings, man, if, if we are not anchored in absolute truth, we will begin to drift. We will begin to drift because we're listening over here and we're kind of maybe entertaining this over there and maybe that's truth. And it's, it's like, you know, not like absolute truth, but I can kind of see, like I can kind of, you know, kind of pull that out and I can find a little bit of truth in that man. That is dangerous, especially in the day that we are living in. We we cannot be found entertaining anything other than absolute truth. And absolute truth is found, number one, as we just learned in John's gospel, in Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way to God the Father. He is the truth about God. He is the very life of God. Amen. And, you know, as I as I think back to last week, remember when I mentioned that there are entry points that give the devil kind of an entry point for him to be able to get a foothold. And then once he gets a foothold in an area of our life, he's able to build a stronghold. Remember last week's message. Um, and if you haven't listened to that, I humbly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode because it kind of creates the framework for this week and then the upcoming weeks as we unpack the armor of God. But last week I talked about just really briefly that sometimes we innocently and unknowably, for the most part, we we give entry points for demonic attack or demonic influence for the enemy in our lives by giving him an entry point where he's able to establish a foothold. And then once he gets a foothold, he can begin to build a stronghold. And so I want to, like I said last week, I want to share some some examples of entry points that we give to the enemy and we kind of open ourselves up for demonic attack. And I know that some of these might step on some toes. You might feel like, oh, that's really making me feel a little uncomfortable. But here's the thing. I would rather hear uncomfortable truths than comfortable lies, because in the absence of truth, lies reign. And God, you will never find a lie in God. God is not the author of deception. He is not the author of confusion. He is not the author of lies. He's not the author of trickery or manipulation. He doesn't twist scripture. That is not of God. And so let me repeat that before I go into these different examples. I would rather hear uncomfortable truths than comfortable lies because in the absence of truth, lies reign. So when you think about in the natural, okay, so I want to give you kind of a word picture that you will probably be able to relate to as I sort of begin to open this up to better understanding how these entry points can happen in our lives. So we've all baked something, right? We've all spent some time in the kitchen baking or maybe even trying a new recipe for a particular meal that you that you are making for your family or a particular gathering maybe at your church. So for example, Tim is, he's needed to introduce and really live a gluten-free diet. He's developed some really significant food allergies here this last year. And so we have gotten really great at, at reading labels. And um, what we have found is even if there's the slightest little ingredient included in that, that particular recipe, 
it affects him and it makes him makes him sick right away. Even if it's just like a quarter of a teaspoon of something, it just like affects him. There could be other components to that recipe that that are in greater, greater quantity, like a cup of this or a half a cup of that. And maybe it's just like a quarter of a teaspoon of something else. Even that quarter of a teaspoon in comparison to the other components of that recipe has a direct impact on him. And it impacts him for more than just that moment as he was eating that portion of his meal. It impacts him the rest of the day into the night and like the next day. And sometimes it's even affected him like for several days afterwards. Okay. So when you think about these entry points, you might be thinking, well, I engage in that, but it's really not that often. I don't do it all the time. It's just, you know, maybe once a month or I don't listen to that. I don't watch that type of television all that often, or I don't use that as a choice of entertainment all that often. Make no mistake. It does not matter. It does not matter if it's just a little bit it will it will provide the enemy an entry point and you will become vulnerable to demonic attack demonic activity in your life so for example if you have a fascination with paranormal type activity like haunted houses like spirits and like the spirit realm you you are opening yourself up to demonic attack and next week i'm going to start giving clear examples of how to spot dem demonic activity in your life so that you can kind of like you know be be aware not to frighten you but to be aware because I think that that's in, an, another important piece of information that I uh, awareness piece to be able to identify you know what the devil is at work in my life and there are some some entry points that need to be renounced and need to be repented of and closed and I need to begin to tear down some of these strongholds in my life another example is maybe you're somebody who you really enjoy reading your horoscope and that might seem kind of innocent you know I'm I'm just you know I don't read it all the time but Every now and then I, I kind of like to just see what it says. Maybe it's only, you know, like every other week or, you know, I, you know, it's, it's really, I, I think, I think it's kind of silly or I don't really pay that whole lot of attention to it, but I do like to read it. You're opening yourself up. That is an entry point. If you are reading things, listening to things authored by people who claim to be mediums, even though they might have like good information, maybe the information that they're sharing, you feel like might, you know, there's, there's like pieces of it that might be kind of useful. You're opening yourself up. Why? Because what that person supports, um, what that organization is about, what, what they believe in is being introduced into whatever it is that, that they're, they're writing about, whatever it is that they're teaching. That is being infiltrated in whatever it is that they're producing, whatever content that you are consuming from that person. Remember back to the recipe that I shared with you. Okay. Remember, remember that like kind of analogy, even if it's just a little bit, it will affect you and it will provide an entry point for the enemy to get a foothold into your life. Another entry point is the type of music that you're listening to. 
When you think about that and the influence that that is having on our young people, especially young people who feel like they are gifted in song or gifted in the arts, and they're trying to learn how to learn how to do these types of things. They're trying to glean from afar. They're trying to be mentored from afar from people who are maybe a little bit further along in the industry. And they're, and they're looking at that and they're thinking, oh, that's how you do it. That's how you, that's how you get ahead. And that's how you make a name for yourself. That's how you grow your influence and, and gain an audience. Wow, that is really dangerous. And that is the type of things that our kids are being introduced to. And it's clear demonic. And make no mistake that that will provide an entry point for the enemy to gain a foothold and build a stronghold. When we entertain that type of stuff in our lives, we are opening ourselves up and making ourselves vulnerable to demonic activity. If you are uncertain if what you are what you are engaging in is an entry point that's maybe opening yourself up to some kind of demonic attack, can I just humbly ask you or encourage you ask someone ask your pastor, reach out and ask me, ask your mentor or your Bible study teacher or your life group teachers, ask somebody. And especially if you're newer in your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you because he's the one who will lead you in all truth. The Bible says, which we have already established, is the truth. He is the one who leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead us into deception. He will never lead us into trickery. He will never lead us into deception. He will never lead us into confusion. He points us to Jesus, who is the truth. He will never lead us to engage in something that is unbiblical. That is not who the Holy Spirit is. And so recall last week when I humbly encouraged you to maybe sort of reflect in your own life and invite the Holy Spirit to show you and ask yourself, are there any high places? Are there any strongholds in my life that need to be torn down? Is there any area of my life where I have opened myself up to and given the enemy an entry point in my life and he has gained a foothold and built a stronghold? Because remember, as I said last week, Anytime the people of God in the Old Testament, anytime that they were, they were brought into a new land, okay, God had brought them into a new land. One of the first instructions that the people of God were instructed to do was tear down the high places, tear down the strongholds. Why? Because he knew the influence that it would have on the people of God, and he did not want them to be susceptible to that type of thing, to that type of influence in their lives. Even if they were not worshiping at those types of strongholds, even if they were not partaking in those high places or going up to those high places, going up to those types of strongholds, he instructed them tear them down. I don't want them to be anywhere around you. I don't want them to be a part of your life. I don't want them to be, I don't want you to look at them. I don't want you to be thinking about them, tear them down. Because even if you're not engaging in them, they will have an influence in your life because they are, well, I guess if you want to say they're an entry point right? They're an entry point. So for you and I, if again, like I said earlier, 
any area that is not surrendered to the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. We are opening ourselves up to be vulnerable to demonic activity. And the world needs Christians to rise up in absolute truth. We've been quiet for too long. We've been complacent too long. We've been sitting on the sidelines for too long. And there's no more time. The days of complacent Christianity and sitting on the sidelines and being being quiet have long come and gone. It's time for us to draw some hard lines. It's time for us to rise up in absolute truth. It's time for us to draw some hard lines. And as Jesus example that he modeled for us in Matthew chapter four, when he was tempted by the devil himself, he, he said multiple times, you know, when, when the devil came after him and he baiting him, if you are, if you are, if you will do this. And he does the same thing to you and I remember he is, he wants to, he wants to twist. He wants to manipulate the scripture to get us to question the nature of God. Because remember, like I said last week, that he's out to defy the God in you and what you believe about your God. He's out to defy the nature of God and what that results in, in us, uh, it results in us, number one, drifting from absolute truth. But every time that the devil came after him, Jesus's response every single time was, it is written. It is written. Three words, it is written. He came back at the devil with the truth, right? That's what he did. He taught us how to fight our battles. Jesus taught us how to fight our our battles. But here's the thing. We can't stand in absolute truth and we can't fight our battles with truth if we're not people who are anchored in absolute truth. We can't stand and stand our ground If we're not in absolute truth because we're drifting. Okay. And that is just, that is like shifting sand underneath our feet. We, we need to be people who have not a blab and grab it type of truth, not a a politically correct type of truth. We need to be people in this day with a, it is written type of truth. It is written type of truth. Again, Ephesians chapter six. Verses 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Ephesians shows us that the Lord is mighty in battle and it is through his victory that we have what we need to resist and to overcome. Amen. It is written. It is written. So this week, can I humbly encourage you, sit with the Lord, ask him, are there any areas of my life that are not fully surrendered to your um, your lordship in in my life show me what those are so that i can repent of those so that i can 
close those up and so that I can take a stand in absolute truth because it is written. Amen. All right. So next week we're going to be unpacking the breastplate of righteousness. I hope that you come back next week and be emboldened in your faith in that area of the armor of God. Encourage um, someone else that you think that might need to hear this series because listen, we are living in a day where we need encouragement. We need one another. We need to link arms. We need to set down our stones that we've been throwing at one another and instead take up our swords, link arms, and engage in this spiritual battle because a world that is divided needs a unified church, right? Okay, so be encouraged, sit with the Lord, get in his get in the Bible, open up your Bible and and just feel your faith, feed your faith with the truth of God, absolute truth. Take care and I will catch you right back here, same place next time for the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.